0: The Toolshed is a mission driven, education based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, The Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, The Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019 POLY2019 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism who, what, when, where, and why as it pertains to our poly lives. You are
1: listening to episode nine, where we chat with Rob. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly and the just plain complicated truths about our poly
0: lives. Alright, so Rob, who are you? Or how do you
2: identify? <laughs> what um, are you? What am I? I am polyamorous by nature, I would say. Um, cis white male. Fairly bland. <laughs> Vanilla, some might say. Some would argue. Uh, I work with computers. Um, I do some art, though it's been a while. I used to write music. I would like to get back into that at some point. I dabble in a little bit of everything overall. It just depends on my mood and, uh, what seems to be current in my brain, where things go.
0: Who are you to
2: me? Oh. Well, I am also (laughs) a husband and a father and a son i guess (laughs) um a brother i do have one sister Uh, yeah that's pretty much my given family i have a lot of cousins i come from a very large family so uh, i'm one of many in that regard
1: all right what drew you to polyamory
2: Uh, My ex-wife actually was the one who introduced me to polyamory. She found a... I think it was a broadcast that was about to air or had aired. I don't remember. But it was on the news about polyamory. I had never heard of it before. And when she described it to me, it was like... A light went off in my head, and suddenly everything made sense. I knew that that is exactly the idea that I had been looking for my whole life. Because uh, relationships didn't make sense to me up until that point. A one person forever, just was oblivious to it. So I think I've always been poly, but. I didn't know that there was an actual term for it.
0: Well, what does polyamory mean to you?
2: I think it's the right to love whomever you want, however you want. And the ability to do so in a way that should be ethical and open and forthcoming. Everyone should know of your intentions and what you're doing. That's the way that I see it, at least.
1: Is there anything that you find difficult about polyamory?
2: Overall, it's in one sense, it's easier than monogamy was. Um, I didn't do monogamy for very long. I did have a few partners that I did consider a girlfriend at the time, but I didn't really like that term at all, mostly because I knew the relationship was bound to end when you know that you are going to love other people every relationship you get into is inevitably over (laughs) because of the way society kind of teaches you and that's sort of how i looked at it so i just went about not having a quote unquote girlfriend and lived my life in a solo kind of way i suppose um And that was, that was actually more difficult. Um, Polyamory has a different difficulty in, uh, a lot of it's time management, actually. Finding the time to see all the people, have all the conversations, have all the intimacy, everything that you want, it's not easy to uh sort of pick and choose and understand that, you know, everything is kind of there for you and you really do have to decide what and when it works for you.
0: When did you know you were poly?
2: I I I knew I was Polly the moment I heard the term. I feel I was Polly, probably around the age of seven, I think it was, I remember being in church. I went to a Methodist church, and the topic for the day was marriage. And they said something along the lines of, if you love somebody um, truly, then you marry them and you spend the rest of your life with them. And I was like, I'm going to get married all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I remember thinking. Um, That's
1: adorable.
2: I was about seven. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I just, like, it never once occurred to me that I had to pick a single person to make that work. So, yeah, I think I've always been poly. I just didn't realize what that actually was.
1: When did you first feel different if you ever did
2: oh I've always felt different I've always been different um I didn't have a particularly normal childhood I spent a lot of time in the hospital growing up a lot of medical conditions when I was very very young most of that cleared up by the time I was about five but uh, that upbringing changed me being around doctors and nurses and Having them poke and prod me and ask me, you know, how I'm feeling in a non-superficial way. Uh, They, like, truly wanted me to, like, look inward and think, how am I actually feeling? And then flip that with family coming in to visit you in the hospital and saying, oh, how are you? And feeling like, oh, if I actually tell you, then that's a bit too much information They're not asking the same thing that the doctors and nurses are asking me.
1: That's a very young age to figure that out.
2: Yeah. I was, well, it was kind of forced upon me. I didn't really have any choice in the matter, but it was, um, I noticed that there was a difference when they asked. And I think that idea just kind of stayed with me. And once I was better, um, I understood out and about most of the time people were on the more superficial how are you, how are things I try not to ask right. they're that they're asking
1: this in a ritual way not in a meaningful exactly. way. Exactly,
2: yeah so I really, I try not to just throw those words around lightly because I think uh, it's, too, it's too much of a knee-jerk reaction like, hey how's it going and then they immediately start talking about something else, like they don't People don't actually care, or even if they do actually care, it's it's an icebreaker just to kind of get to right. somewhere else. They're
1: not listening for that care answer, even yeah. if they do care. That's sort of the yeah. the noise at the beginning of the conversation. Yeah,
2: exactly. I've actually found that I've had a lot of very good conversations based off of answering that question truly. People aren't expecting it. They're, but if you suddenly share something very personal, um, they're often taken back, but they feel this inert need to respond with something that's, at least in their mind, equally on that level. And you can get into some very interesting conversations when you're on your way to get coffee in the morning at work.
1: (laughs) And it's an interesting intimacy that that kind of opens up.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I think it's um, it's a, actually a really good way to get to know people is surprise them with truth <laughs> out of the blue.
1: Surprise them
0: with truth. I like that. <laughs> uh, so where do you feel you are in your poly journey?
2: I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on what I want and what I'm looking for, at least for the time being. Things are a little different. Now that uh, I have a child that comes first, um, making sure that her needs are met and that she has a place to be, which is usually home, but that she's being taken care of in some manner, um, even if it's not by me, that it's by you know somebody that we trust, and that has drastically changed my... Time frame of availability. I feel that I'm an extroverted invert. I never want to go out and I look for excuses not to pretty much every time. But once I'm out, I always have a good time. I always come back feeling rejuvenated and like I can't wait for the next event to get out and see people. And then it comes around, and I'm like, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> Every time.
0: Yeah, I think I forced you out of the house a lot more than you would have, especially the first couple years we were dating. Yeah. We are like, yeah, I never would have gone to that. I'm glad you made me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's
1: definitely more challenging when there's also a child in the mix. Because yes. you get some more excuses for why you can't go. Yep. And yeah. And they're not so easier. illegitimate. Yeah. But yep. at the same time, there's, for me anyway, like also that, more intense craving for like adult company and sure
2: Mm -hmm. yeah being around a small child is uh, it's taxing in a different way that uh like on one hand you're trying to keep them excited and keep them engaged and get them to learn and on the other hand you're like i'm watching the same show for the 10th time probably the second time that day and uh
1: i have seen the first 20 minutes of the movie cars about 300 times
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that attention span does not last very long
1: (laughs) (laughs) actually it's funny i was thinking about this when you were talking about the way parenthood has changed it the holly chart that we were discussing earlier Mm -hmm. um one of the things i went through and did was i marked all the people who were parents too because i feel like there is a difference in perspective Mm -hmm. and not that one is a better perspective or a worse perspective but it alters time frames Mm -hmm. and it alters i think some of the way that you think about things
2: oh yeah definitely yeah it really affects the way you think about things I heard a statistic that said your IQ drops when you have children.
0: I think that's bullshit.
2: I also agree, but I also think that IQ tests are bullshit. (laughs) I agree with that. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But I could imagine in that first year when you tend to be so sleep deprived and your whole world has just shifted on
0: its axis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is your brain functioning the way it used to?
1: nope yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's different than the iq though i feel like an iq is not supposed to change ever and but and like the way that you can respond to things changes mm-hmm. based on your life and your stress levels and your cortisol and sure. your serotonin and all those mm-hmm. other hormones I, I think that that changes all the time so yeah. i think that babies stress people out and that makes them do a stupid things point.
2: yeah and this was an article i either read or heard somewhere.
0: I mean, there's even a thing called mom brain, which I think you can have, or at least use it as an excuse until your kid is like seven. Yeah, for sure. At (laughs) least till they're at school. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can use that for quite some time. And it's literally just like... I just did a really stupid thing, must be mom brain, like, I don't know, you know, and uh, yeah, you can use that excuse for quite some time, so.
1: I don't think it's unique to moms, I think dads it's, get to use that excuse, yeah. too, mm. but I think, I mean, I think it's related to sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. <laughs> personally.
0: It is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
2: Yeah, that'll do a number on your body and your psyche and yeah. everything going on in your life. It's yeah. true.
1: Um, so we were on, where are you in your poly journey? Um, Mm -hmm. is there anywhere that you hope to go? Or are you exactly where you would like to
2: be? Uh, no, I'm definitely not exactly where I want to be. Uh, right now, um, going back to the previous question briefly, at this point in time, um, actively looking for more partners is not really on my horizon. Uh, I'm trying to focus on me and uh, the family that I've created or helped create and um, keep that moving in a good place as well as um, I do have another partner and uh, that relationship is very important and I'm working on balancing that with the baby, and it's good because she also has a child, and we can do a lot of things together, and that's fantastic. And the kids, at least at this point, get along for the most part. Um, There's a bit of an age difference, so hers is a little bit older and um, can get a little irritated with a very young child because she just does not, you know, she does what she wants <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you can try to tell her. But at this point I've taken a break from really actively searching because mostly I just don't really have the time to invest in another relationship. I did, um, something would have to diminish for that. Most likely it would be my personal time which has already been diminished greatly from having a family and uh, that is probably the most difficult part of it is I'm a relatively selfish person at my core and I understand that about me and it's fine. Uh, I just have to make sure that I get time in for me to take care of myself as well as have enough time uh, to take care of my partners. So, Going forward, I would... I mean, ideally, some kind of place where me, my partners, my metamors could all live together in some kind of community would be fantastic. Um, I know I have grand ideas for making that happen, but personally, um, it would include some kind of a... I guess apartment style, but that doesn't quite fit it. Um, I would really prefer to have common areas together. Uh, So maybe more commune-esque, where people get their own rooms that are self-sufficient. But uh, there's plenty of shared spaces with kitchens and, you know, dens and libraries and things of that nature, office spaces, whatever. Um, Like, that's the goal. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, I know I would prefer to have, like, my own space to work on things and get stuff done. But uh, much like my relationships, I don't have to be the only one that uses that space. I just need space that's... That's mine when I need it, I guess is what it comes down to. But I'm thinking of, like, a workshop or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it would be something akin to, like, the maker space kind of a thing. That, I mean, if you could have all of that under one sort of building, one roof, where... Um, again, ideals, this yeah. would be... That's just... That's where I would love it to all end up, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath for it.
1: <laughs> that would be true. Well, I'm here from the future to tell you that at least the part of active <laughs> childcare uh-huh. gets easier. All right. If all you've right. got a couple years before, that's true, but mm. the intensity of it does start to
0: dwindle. dwindle. Level exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent.
0: So uh, when it comes to polyamory, why do you think you are
2: poly? Uh, Personally, I don't think it's a choice. I can't really imagine my life being any other way. I have tried monogamy on a long term. I was previously married. We did the monogamy thing for a while, and then we opened up the relationship. Prior to knowing about polyamory, we did the open relationship, seeing other people, Uh, The whole one-penis-policy bullshit that accompanies it. (laughs) Um, And uh, it didn't really work out in the end. Uh, That didn't really last that long. We ended up opening up to more of a... It still was not polyamory, because there was no, like, love? Well... That was the uh, concept, at least. That's not how it worked out at one point. Um, and we closed back up briefly and then uh, tried to fix our relationship. And and we did for a while and things got better. And then we opened it back up and that just opened the floodgates for reality to actually set in. and Feelings. Yep, yep. And inevitably we realized that, yeah... You know, we just aren't as good together as we are with other people. And our relationship, unfortunately, is no longer uh, uh, makes sense. So, but that concept of of falling for other people and having feelings for other people never went away, even when I was monogamous. At this point in time, there, there is really no other option. Even if I said it, it wouldn't <laughs> be true. It
1: just... A seven-year-old is still wanting to get married to everybody <laughs> all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> there was a bigger picture put in place a long time ago. <laughs> Why did you agree to be interviewed? Uh, you know, I didn't have a good answer for this.
0: Did you have a choice? <laughs> yeah, you can say I really didn't feel that it was completely voluntary.
2: It's, it's I mean, I would say it's like 90% voluntary. Um, there was definitely a little bit of a feeling of expectedness, but at the same time, I, I wanted to. Um, I like the concept of the podcast. I think it's good. I think it's good for the culture. I think the more stories that uh, we get to hear the the more open people can be about it. There's not enough out there about it uh, that is really useful information. A lot of the ways that it's depicted on TV and movies and whatever is fairly limited. It doesn't Three really... Three
1: pairs of white people's feet under the <laughs> sheet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Exactly. There's a lot of white people in this, uh, <laughs> from what I've seen, at right. least. That's, from the that's the cultural depiction. Yeah.
0: Coded usually as a man and two women. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Almost always. I mean, I don't know why it would be any other way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's probably a good choice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um... No, I just think it's good for the community to have people that are out and talking about it and being open with their experiences and their life, and uh, and just to let people know that it is. It's not really. It's not even really a new concept. Like this concept is, is old. Yeah, it's not new. It's not a new idea. People have been in relationships that were, um, like, uh, marriages that were arranged for either political moves or boundary moves or whatever were often seen as a, this is a social accepted, we're bringing these families together for this reason, but a lot of times there were people on the side uh, for both parties that often they had children with and... Thing. And mm-hmm. like you said, they, they didn't discuss. They just kind of left that out of history. And it's just, this was the person you were wed with. They are the parents, no matter what. But even back then, you know, the villages were raising the children. It wasn't like it was a singular.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's actually much harder now, I think. We have... Taken that concept of uh, everybody gets to be their own king, quote unquote, and it has segregated the family, I think. Mm -hmm. We all live far apart, and now with transportation being the way it is, we live even further from uh, blood relatives and people that can help us, because it's supposedly easier to get to them until a car breaks down or an emergency comes up, and then that 20-minute drive suddenly feels much much longer
1: Mm -hmm. so well personally i'm glad that you agreed to be interviewed i think i've enjoyed doing all of the interviews we've done but there is something particularly interesting about hearing from people that we're connected to in different ways that it sort of brings an interesting perspective on all of the other relationships as well Mm -hmm. so thank you Yeah.
2: yeah thank you
0: yeah, I'm sure we'll probably um, talk to your girlfriend. That would be a fun one, too, if she wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> that,
2: that would be. Yeah. That would be a fun one. If uh, she's willing to, that yeah, would be so. great.
0: Uh, so your topic that you wanted to focus on today, which we've actually already talked a little bit about, was time management. So have you have you thought about things that you wanted to, um, like what on time management you wanted to focus on?
2: So some key things i've learned about time management is whenever you're using your google calendar which i highly recommend google calendar if you get a new device make sure everything is set to sync up
1: <laughs>
2: we've run into problems with getting new phones and putting in uh, appointments or dates or whatever and then the other person not seeing it despite it being a shared account sometimes you still have to go in and and do that i'd also say if you can plan at least a week in advance for everything you're better off i understand that spontaneity is just some people's jam they love it (laughs) I don't have a problem with it, but at the same time, I like knowing what's coming and kind of preparing for it. It gives me a whole week to think of an excuse to get out of it.
0: And <laughs> you can't be very spontaneous with a kid, that's pretty difficult.
2: Yes, it, it does make it a little harder. Um, it does depend on uh, your lifestyle and what's going on. I mean, if you've got a job that requires a lot of travel... Chances are you've already got a pretty strict regimen of time to give out. So a uh, number of partners would be another thing to kind of keep an eye on. Or I guess whatever you consider partners. Like is Are you truly looking for, I don't want to say deeper relationships, but relationships that... Uh, you spend more time with somebody on a regular basis, or is it a relationship where maybe they live 200 miles away or more, and you only get to see them on the occasion, so you have to plan for that a little bit better. And do you have relationships that are more um, uh, digital than they are in person? because you can do a lot with uh, using chat or texting or whatever medium you like and really get to know people that way and spend quote-unquote time with them, even if you're not right there with them. Mm -hmm. FaceTiming and stuff is good, too, but uh, just chatting, I know, uh, before Lindsay and I were together... We spent a lot of time building a friendship over text. It didn't start off quite as a daily thing, but it grew into that.
0: Well, eventually I think we started talking on Gtalk, or what is now Google Hangouts, mm-hmm. which was just like an open chat room that we had going, felt like 24-7. Like, yeah, yeah. For, for two years. <laughs> uh, yep, it
2: became a regular thing. And that really grew our relationship. And then it was like... Uh, an exciting moment when we actually got to see each other every few weeks (laughs) IRL but uh, keeping that in mind like even with that you still have to kind of gauge like how many relationships can you truly juggle and keep relevant in your life and uh, it's difficult that's I mean, those are time management things that you have to kind of figure out on your own. And uh, really, there's no way to know until probably you've pushed yourself too far. And again, I would say that you start to recognize that you no longer have time for yourself. I think that's that's the giveaway. When you can no longer feel like you something you've enjoyed a hobby or something and you can't find time to do that you've probably stretched yourself too thin
0: mhm reached your polysaturation
1: saturation point
2: yeah right. exactly
1: yes. i don't know about you i always feel like i'm like it's not a stable thing mm-hmm. like I picture the cartoon people running on the logs and you know sort of like (laughs) anything could it could all fall apart at any moment it's final right now Mm -hmm. but only as long as i keep running at the same speed and the logs stay rolling at the same speed and And then (laughs) then, yep,
2: yep sure yeah no that's that's a good point i don't i'm not at that point at this juncture that but, may be more um, in the
1: part where you're talking about maybe that's a little stretched a little,
2: little too thin yeah yeah i mean if you're feeling that way i would say maybe you know, <laughs> look at what you're doing
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's tough though because i think also you know as for me a single parent like i want to take advantage of the time that i have when i am not the responsible adult sure. and be connected to other adults, you mm-hmm. partners, friends, what have you. And so, yeah, do I lose a little bit of that time for myself in there? For sure. Mm-hmm. But right now that feels like a bigger link to sanity than <laughs> it would be to be more isolated in those times.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. But
1: that's a moving target.
2: Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So aside from also making time for yourself, And taking self-personal care, taking time for your partners, making sure that they're cared for, making sure that their needs are being met met, uh, is very important. Um, I know Lindsay and I do the year in a day every year where we sit down and kind of look at how the last year went. And it's always the day after our anniversary, uh, which we consider our really our date anniversary, our
0: date anniversary, yeah,
2: rather than our marriage. Because... That's
1: a very cool ritual. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. So, an individual that came to the uh, poly Group years and years ago was a psychologist, I th- believe.
0: I think he was specifically a relationship
2: therapist, but... A therapist. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know that he was a psychologist, but he was a therapist, and he always uh, talked about the... It doesn't have to be a year and a day. If it's a new relationship and you're not sure, you're like, I've been on three dates with this person. I like them. I'm willing to give them six months. You do six months in a day. So you have a date on that six month. Where you go out, you have a really good time, and just enjoy yourselves. And then the next day, you get together and you say, you know, these are my intentions. These are the things that I like. These are my concerns. And if you want to, you can actually write up a contract. depends on, like, if you've got shared assets and things of that nature. Um and just sort of look at the whole picture of what the relationship is and where it's going and what you need and what they need, and you have a really good discussion about it. And then you try to come up with some kind of a goal or multiple goals for the next time you want to have that discussion. Now, there should be touch bases as well. But uh, the year and the day in is um, kind of the big one. It, once you've been with somebody for a while, taking a whole year to have them is, uh, I think, more acceptable. You know, you're like three weeks in, you're like, in one year,
0: right. let's, <laughs> let's talk about this.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I feel like, um, except for really kind of traumatic years or really big years, because we, we had a couple of those, right? Sure. But yeah. um, otherwise, they've been pretty easy check-ins. Just like, so this is what happened this year. This is what I want for next year. Like, and they, you know, except for a couple of years in there that were pretty rough. Like, we we never really had to, I don't know, it never really felt like a, a, a d- deep and heavy conversation. It was just kind of like...
2: I would agree, but we also talk a lot. We talk a lot, that's true. So I think we have a lot of micro-check-ins and...
1: Nobody was simmering on anything for eight months of that year. Yeah,
2: waiting for that moment. Um, I can't bring it up until... that, That being said, you should always find time to bring up something if it's kind of eating away at you. It usually means that something needs to be discussed uh, find some time to talk about that. Uh, the year and a day is, is, it's like a, it's a broad spectrum of the relationship. And, and it's just to say, yeah, I'm very happy about this. Or, you know, there've been some things that have concerned me. Maybe in three months we should check in again. Like you can change it. Right. that's the great thing about the year in a day right. is that's there is no set time that's just the year or the day after the one year anniversary is a good time to do a grand check in so Right, you know that to, way
1: it's fresh in your mind and yep. you have sort of a it's an easy time frame to make a habit
2: yep exactly and 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 then you have that, that day beforehand of blissfulness to just enjoy each other's company uh, before you might have to talk about some difficult subjects if need be. But the idea is don't bring up any of the things you want to talk about the next day while you're enjoying your anniversary. <laughs> Keep them separate. Right. The next uh, day
1: is the time to say... This has been mostly great, but I would like to <laughs> maybe try to do a little more of this or a little less of this. yeah or,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh,
1: or whatever it turns out to yeah, look
2: exactly and you, the idea would be that you are writing stuff throughout the year and keeping track of things and so if there is stuff that needs to be discussed, you can discuss it, you're prepared for it. It's a day set aside for being anxious, if need be, <laughs> and uh, and kind of getting it out and figuring out if more conversations need to be had in the future.
1: I could see it also being a really good like kind of opportunity to acknowledge, like, you know, things happen over the course of the year and you don't always keep them fresh in your mind, but if you're sort of looking back and saying, oh, you know, there was this thing in July that actually was really amazing mm-hmm. and, you know, I just want to thank you again for how you were with me under those circumstances sure. you know, or whatever. Like,
2: yeah, you know. no, that's, that's definitely a good thing. They definitely don't all have to be uh negative connotations in any way. I mean, it's, it's really like a, a year in review of, of the relationship and then things you liked and didn't like going forward. So, uh, like this last year, the, the times we went to the zoo, that's been great. Uh, those are moments that, um, you know, I look forward to again in the, the coming year.
0: It's been fun to take, like, our other partners or metamorphs or whatever mm-hmm. with us on those trips. Yeah.
2: It's kind of fun. Yeah. It is. It's... And so, yeah, you could bring up things like that and say, you know, maybe even schedule them ahead of time if uh, people are capable of scheduling that far in advance. You know, we get kind of thrown curveballs in this state with the weather plays a big part in all the things that we can and cannot do, unless you like that sort of thing. Some people really like being out in the absolute freezing cold. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why we still live here. <laughs> it's, where kind f- of enmeshed in the it's where our family is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, chosen as well as blood is... In the well, right after
0: you talk about, like, being so far away from family and they're 20 minutes away.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. It's mm-hmm. actually, we're pretty lucky that um, family is, at worst, an hour and a half, I think, mm-hmm. from from us. Uh, and obviously we have family that's even further, but, like...
1: But weeks it's... like this where it's negative 20, it does make you question your life
2: choices. Yes, <laughs> it does. It's like we forget it every single time. <laughs>
0: I don't know. It was like a real nice uh, ten degrees today when I had to walk from work to the bank. It was, it was like springtime. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> sun was out. <laughs> it's super nice.
1: I don't think that my son has left the house in <laughs> forty-eight hours or a little more at this point. Like no, you we're going tomorrow.
0: To. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you don't have to, then yeah, don't. multiple school days or yeah. snow days, you don't have to leave the house. There was a while there that it. i didn't put on pants because 70 degrees inside like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we can't, are stupid yeah
2: <laughs> none of our windows are visible they're all frozen over
0: is there anything else you'd like to add about time management specifically
2: um partners and their time um kind of led into the whole year in a day thing
1: sorry for derailing it that's,
2: that's perfectly all right uh Yeah, uh, making sure that your partners are uh, getting the time in that they need, um, that they feel that they're getting enough time with you and with their other partners. And, I mean, that's the whole communication portion of all of this is trying to get all of these schedules to (laughs) culminate in a way that makes sense Um, I would say this last year having a number of parties that uh, included partners together and metamores has helped with some of that, that's been really nice taking some of the large traditional holidays and kind of pollifying them, pollinating them
1: oh I like that (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. But along those lines of uh finding time that uh, you can spend together with them and and if you can make it work, doing the the what is it, the kitchen table?
0: Kitchen table probably, oh, yeah. Is
2: fantastic if if it works out. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Some people prefer to keep their relationship sort of um segmented from each other, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with it. Some people just don't get along, and if you <laughs> if you know that, there's no reason to force it if you don't have to.
1: Is there anything else that you wanted to say on any other topic? or?
2: Well, I know that I was uh, thinking about... Oh, I didn't really say that I identify as essentially... A cat parent? <laughs> yeah. You probably can't hear this on the podcast, though. Maybe. I don't know. But She's you have to different Uh That I identify as mostly polyanarchy, as far as my relationships go. I don't really care for any particular types of labels or putting anything in a box. There are people... I enjoy spending time with. And I want to spend time with them. How I spend time with them fluctuates. The things that we do and... The choices we make, I guess. Is all kind of whatever people are feeling at the time. That's my spontaneity, I would say. I just... I love people. I love being around them. And polyamory gives me the ability to do that in... Pretty much any fashion that I want, whatever we're feeling at the time is something that we can explore together, and it's all about you know living life, enjoying yourself, and you know making it work. I guess that would be the last thing that I have to say. <laughs> well,
0: that sounds pretty great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast, even if you felt somewhat forced. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really feel forced. No
2: Strongly encouraged. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. So that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues, and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. you can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored, contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com, and if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Uncensored, and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, and remember,
1: we, we love, love you. Bye. Bye.